Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another episode of Horse Hour. We, you know, the thing with Horse Hour is we love how we're a community and we all work together. And if there's anything that you might need, if there's advice or if there's help, then there's always somebody within the community that will be willing to help you. And my next guest, um, she became part of Horse Hour because she went through a really, really horrific experience. And that is how she ended up joining. You were really supportive and she wants to give something back to you. But we'll start from the beginning. I'd like you to meet Alex Wheeler. How are you, Alex? Hello, I'm really well, (laughs) thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for being brave enough to come on to the oh, podcast um, no, thank you so much for having me I'm really 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 pleased to be uh, invited along bless you so we'll start from the beginning then which is okay. how you became part of horse hour okay so literally was looking for an orange head collar set <laughs> why an um, orange one well I just wanted something a little bit different I had uh, at the time I've got a, uh, a dark bay mare and she was wearing a lot of purple, so I thought she, we should go for something a little bit different. And I was using Twitter as a search engine, basically, and happened to cross Horse Hour, and there was a conversation going on. And, and I asked out there if there was anyone who knew about an orange head collar set, which didn't have the best feedback. <laughs> and then it went from there. And I, was, I, was, I remember it really, really well. I was sat in my little flat in North Somerset, raining, pitch black. And it was it was November last year, I think, and uh, and I just was really struggling after losing my pony, and I just wanted to talk about it to someone, and and I put it out there, and and I just what I found really hard initially when losing him was that it's not something that you can talk about. It's not really something that seems socially acceptable to have lost a, a horse he's just a horse you know and it didn't seem like there was really anyone to talk to and I just wondered if there was basically so that's how I got involved and as soon as I put it out there that I was struggling and and this was really hard it my, honestly my Twitter feed just exploded and Aww. it was so crazy and and I sat there crying and crying and crying and and it was a relief yeah. and it was just amazing the fact that I could be sat in my little flat all by myself just pa- stressed and panicked about losing him and 
and then I had people to talk to and it was just amazing it was just so so cool to just suddenly have all these people supporting me and knowing how I felt and yeah so it was started with an orange head color and it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing that everybody is so supportive and I, I'm curious to know why you didn't think it was socially acceptable to talk about it though because he you know you loved him and he was yeah. part of your yeah. he was your family and he was everything to me and absolutely everything to me you know I had a quite a normal you know normal childhood but he was always there you know parents split up and and you know and stuff happens you're you're a teenage girl but he was always there yeah and um so he 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 wasn't just a horse he was my world and I, I don't know I remember sitting in a cafe with a friend once and she sadly had just lost her mum a couple of weeks after I, I lost black and um she was like, how can that person just walk past and not know that we really hurt? Like, mm. it really does hurt because she, she she is horsey and she understood. And and it's crazy. You just, you don't feel like, for work, I said, you know, I've, I've, I need the day off. I need, I need to go and let my horse go sort of thing. I need to go to the vets, well, have the vet and, and see what he says and things. Yeah. They were really supportive work. They They were amazing. But you just felt a bit stupid, like oh, I'm sorry, I need time to grieve because of my horse. I mean, that's just not what everybody would see as normal. And it just felt a bit bizarre that I was grieving over an animal and, and, and a horse, really, you know, they come and they go, bless the hearts. And I think you get such a bond with them and you get such yeah. a close relationship mm-hmm. with them. You, they're, they're like therapy. You talk oh my to gosh, them yeah. and they yeah. listen and <laughs> they just have to nod their head and you're like, yes, you understand. <laughs> and also they, they, but they put you in your place as well. That was what was amazing about Blackie is that um, I knew him since I was about uh, five or six mm. and I grew up under his lead, basically. You know, if I, if I was having a stressful day, he would just look at me like, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> But that's such oh. a young age for you, Alex. Yeah. You know, five yeah. years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's he's stability that you've always yeah. known. Mm, and exactly. You know, like you said, yeah. your parents split up, yeah. sadly, mm-hmm. but you still had him. What what happened? Um so I cutting a long story short, I le- I left him, went to go off to uni and within a month he'd got out of his field and eaten a barrel of pheasant feed along with his best friend and his mm. bones just dropped overnight and so we had a lammy horse and I knew nothing about lammy laminitis is just horrendous but he got it through eating pheasant feed that he shouldn't have even been able to access but you know I, I had to leave him I couldn't take him to uni with me and, and was he on loan now I left him with a family friend yeah um and he, yeah, for some reason, he, he, him and his best friend found it brilliant to go off and eat a barrel of pheasant feed. And, yeah, I went home and a couple of days later, because I had exams and all that rubbish, and he just wasn't ever the same ever again. And, and we got him through some really, really tough times. And he fought it for about six years. He was so crazy brilliant. You know, he just, you, you wouldn't know that he had it. Mm. He, so he had laminitis consistently for six years yeah his bones dropped and rotated and, mm. and that was it basically and and we 
worked with farriers and vets and nutrition well, I, I looked into basically I went crazy researching yeah. everything that I could possibly do for him and he just plodded along and he was he was fine like you couldn't tell him he was ill because he wasn't you know he yeah. was just he, like he still used to shove me about you know like <laughs> give me my celery woman you know so celery is the best treat for a laminitic pony ever. is it yeah why yeah. is that then well I used to go down every day and give him an apple yeah every single day put his rug on and give him an apple and obviously with laminitis you can't give them sugar and I didn't want to be making his condition worse so um celery's got no no sugar in it and um and they like it he loved it that's really funny because we hate celery do you oh no he's got me into loving it and he (laughs) even got my sister's horse into loving it because he was getting it she wanted it as well so we started this whole craze I swear I kept the cost of uh, celery up for all the celery farms <laughs> in the UK. So, so, so you're feeding him, and when the vet said then that he's got laminitis, um, did they explain it to you in detail how you could help him recover or how no. you could not? No. No, basically they wanted to let him go. Um, and I wasn't there when it when it first happened. I was, I was down south and he was still living up in Derbyshire. And... Um, so I I went up and and you know he seemed fine and I and I said you can't put this pony down he he's fine in himself it's just his feet look a bit bad so you know we got a bit of a team of pupils together and um, worked him through the initial stages and then he could walk soundly but he always had the dropped and rotated bones and. Um, eventually we got him well enough for me to move him down south and me, for me to look after him every day and I could um, just hound him <laughs> you know um, I had I had one of the best horse mummies down south you would ever ever wish for she was so brilliant she would ring me at 11 o'clock because we'd been watching him all day and she'd sent me home and she'd ring me as soon as I got home and be like right he's now doing this and he's fine <laughs> you know we just stalked him I'm sure he thought we were crazy we were crazy <laughs> um but yeah he so we we kept him going we kept him going we had phases where he he wasn't good um eventually I got to the point where I said to myself I've next time I've got to I've got to be sensible I've got to be serious I had two brilliant parents behind me who always told me give him 24 hours see what you think but be sensible and be true to him Mm. and that's what I did and then suddenly last June it was next time and I got down to the yard and I and I um my um my mare who, who I look after for my sister she was uh Blackie was in the bullpen and Candy was in the front of, of the bullpen and she and him had the best relationship they were like brother and sister and they were just hilarious they would play fight all the time and she always lost and he always had to win <laughs> but he couldn't he couldn't do it that day he couldn't fight back with her and I could see that that he had a lot of pain of and usually he just didn't and that day he really did yeah so I had the vet come in anyway how could you tell x-rays. that he was in pain what was the just, different between that day and like the few months before you just know you just you do just know and everybody said to me you you will know when it's time but I always thought no I always (laughs) thought that horse will outlive all of us he is so brave and he's so amazing and but then you know I'd always had the conversations with my dad especially and he said 
you do not want to see that horse on the floor. You do not want to see him with his bones coming through his feet because they mm-hmm. were literally millimetres away. And I said, oh, Dad, don't be stupid. He's, you know, he's, he's going to do it. He's going to be fine. And um, that day, you just you could just tell he was just tired and I couldn't do it to him anymore. So. You were brave to make that decision, Alex. Well, it, I, I always think, you know, I think I've made the right decision and I hope he, you know, I hope I did and I hope I did it at the right time. But I had an amazing set of people around me and that really helped. Um, but I could never say it and, Mm. um, yeah, so. But that's okay to feel like that because you, you, you kind of feel guilty and you don't, you don't want to feel guilty and you don't need to feel guilty because all your intentions are to make sure that he has the best, most happy life. And the decision that you made was the best decision for him at that time. And Mm. you, you can honestly say you did everything that you possibly could to help him get better. Yeah. I mean, we're what, a year and a half ago this was and I and my friends still have a go at me when I say I'll never forgive myself for leaving him in that situation he shouldn't have got out and he shouldn't have eaten what he did and he shouldn't have got in that position but unfortunately that is life and that's what and he's I a horse dealt. and they get <laughs> out they, they do they get out mine got yeah. out the other day I'm oh, like, no. yeah they just do I mean they've got electric fencing and it is it is electrified like <laughs> but somehow one went over one went under and that was oh, it they were out gymnast. yes absolutely and this is these are 16 hand horses you wouldn't think they could get under <laughs> fence, but if they want to they can yeah so you can Brilliant. you can do everything that you can and mm. I think it's also important for us to remember we do love them and we want them with us all the time. Sometimes it's not possible. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you, you know, you're young and you're growing up and you've got to go through those normal stages of, of growing up. Mm. Having Blackie there with you, you couldn't take him down south of you, but that's okay because you still made sure that he was really looked after. It was just one of those awful accidents and you must never, yeah. ever feel bad about it. I think... I hope one day I'll I'll agree with you, but I think for now I still will always think that was my fault. But in reality, I can sit here and say, no, what you're saying is logical. It wasn't my fault. He does get out. He's a big fat pig, and I always knew he would go because of his belly. Mm. <laughs> I always knew that his belly would let him down. But you know, part of me will will and you know does think I shouldn't have I shouldn't have left him, and I shouldn't have. But you know, but what could you have done? I don't know. It's not like you, you know, you put, I put field, horses out in the field today. I didn't go around and check every single bit of the fence, <laughs> but I, I don't know. And so that that's how, why like people support is just been incredible to think that people who don't know me care and to have had the support of, of everybody in, in horse hour and beyond is just incredible. And, and it's been so, so great. It's, it's, just priceless it's really really good to hear how how are you doing now i'm fine well i'm fine (laughs) i'm fine um i'm good we've we've done some really productive things in his memory um so for example we uh planted his ashes some some of my friends we put a tree there Mm -hmm. and it'll be a tree that'll provide shade and scratching posts and and all that sort of thing and and it was um what i would consider a black tree as in the the leaves look black (laughs) to me so it's his little long-lasting um memory and then um 
you're you're you're, you're you're still gonna feel like this for for a long time alex yes it is normal and it is okay to grieve yeah. and some people grieve straight away some people don't some people mm. go into denial of, of not really thinking about it until a year later and then that's when the grief hits them however however you feel at any time is perfectly fine to feel like that because he was part of your life for a really long time at the same point though same time even if he wasn't part of your life for a long time if you'd only had him for six months and a year and you'd given him all of your heart and and all of your love it's still okay to it's still okay to be sad and to say to people you know what uh, for me this is a really big thing in my life right now mm. and I am upset about it and I do want to talk about him and I want to remember him and all the great things that he did and we things, did together yeah. and actually he had him a really long time yeah. and he had a, an awesome life with you yeah and I know that's hard to think about because it's still like you still want him here but he was really lucky and the de- like yeah. I said, the decision that you made was the best one for him. Yeah. And there's a big difference between just making that decision and then making that decision because he was in pain and because you didn't want him to be in any more agony than he needed to be. No, I mean, I, I, as soon as I saw the x-rays, the, the final x-rays that we had on the, on the day that we, we let him go, I, I mean, my dad, bless him, he, he raced down. It was, um, it was the weekend of uh, Glastonbury. So you can imagine what the traffic was like on the M5 that day. <laughs> yeah. um, but my dad, bless him, he raced down and he, and he looked at the x-rays and, and he said, you can't say it, can you? You can't say what he needs. And, and I just looked at him and he said, right, we're going to do this. And sanely, I know that I did the right thing for him. I, you know, I loved him for all those years and I, and I stayed with him until the last minute. And, and I feel like I did everything right by him as much as I could. But I think... There, there potentially is always going to be that little bit of guilt and that little bit of I should have been there but then that's always going to happen with horses I think you it's going to happen like with any animal yeah <laughs> I had I went through the same thing with a dog oh my gosh I had a dog he was a border collie and I adored yeah. him he was my oh. little this was before I got my horse before I got yeah. blackjack and my dream was mm-hmm. to have my dog and my horse and we could go riding through yes. the forest together yeah within a year um I did everything training we went to because mm. he was a border collie so he needed proper like full-on agility yeah, training intense. and he was going on the longest walks morning noon and night he had everything because mm-hmm. I had a dog mm-hmm. whisperer that came and did training we went to agility he did everything within yeah. a year he started biting okay so I took him to border collie specialists right. who take them on help them get mm-hmm. them out of whatever problem that they have and then hopefully everything's okay yeah they had them they were supposed to have him for a week and they had him for three days mm-hmm. and within three days he bit three people right and they have a three three people rule and um. they told me that i had to put him down oh and i refused gosh. and i said mm-hmm. i can't because i yeah. i believe that you can train him out of this and i yeah. think that if i with the right training and I'm, I felt bad because I was arguing with specialists and these guys know about these dogs and they know what they're talking about. And I'm saying, but I believe but that you dog. can you can do this. Yeah. And they said, if you keep that dog, we're going to go to the police and oh you'll be arrested oh for gosh, having a dangerous animal. Oh, my God. So in actual fact, the decision was taken out of my hands. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I still have the guilt that I 
didn't do enough to help mm. him maybe maybe there's something else i could have done beforehand yeah maybe yeah. why did he bite and mm. it turns out they, they were telling me it was his background and his breeding and he was very right. very very inbred right which okay. i didn't know when i bought him. no of course well you're not gonna know are you no but you know there's now that's a whole nother story of yeah. how to get into buying the right dog but um, yeah but yeah but the point is i still have that guilt even now guilt. and that was yeah. seven years ago Oh my gosh. And oh, there's really? still a bit of me that thinks, and then I have to actively remind myself, no, you did everything. Yeah. You had the dog whisperer and you had the agility mm. and you were taking mm. all the walks and you did all the training and you read all the books and you yeah. tried as hard as you could. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what you just have to keep reminding yourself. But it, and, it, and it's the same part of you that says that. It goes through it all logically. Like mm-hmm. with Black, I, you know, I got all the, the vet and the right nutrition and, and everything. But the end result is always you know it was what it was and and I think sanely you can sit here and say I did everything for that horse for that dog mm. you know and but part of you always is, is going to have a bit of guilt I suppose but it's just learning to to cope with that isn't it so, so how, how are you coping with it well I quit my job <laughs> that no. I hated yeah I quit oh that's a good thing is it yeah oh okay I I basically did it I mean I even used to tell my boss who used to sit there and say I'm only sat here so I can pay my vet bills and he was great he was so much fun and you know he he looked after both Blackie and I let me run off when I needed to and and sort him out but um so yeah I quit my job and I left my flat left my life in North Somerset and I went traveling for about three months earlier this year I just got away from everything and everyone and just sorted out what I needed to do Mm -hmm. and I actually realized I have to work with horses horses are my passion Blackie brought me to life horses brought me to life I mean Candy the horse that I looked after um for for my sister and and she's coming back to me soon which is very exciting that's what makes me happy and that's what I'm passionate about and my undergrad is in um animal behavior and welfare Ah. that's what I studied yeah so I need to make that into my life and and I need to you know while I had Blackie and was paying vet bills I did property I worked in property which is completely different um so I need to get back to my animal roots and that's what I'm trying to do so I'm hoping to make horses my 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 uh, my life (laughs) so you're gonna what are you gonna try and do find a, a job in animal welfare horse welfare so I kind of want to go into the behavior side a bit more um but I'm really open to to what I want to do. I sort of went away and and, and realised that horses is what I want to do, and and I've come back with a that's what I want to do. But I don't know what angle I want to get into specifically. But I'm quite excited to have a bit of a journey and find out. <laughs> and um, so I'm signing myself up to do my BHS stages. I'm working for my other sister. She's just got a couple of new horses, so I'm looking after them. Hmm. They're a really interesting challenge. They won, uh, we got, and he wouldn't go in the stable. He wouldn't have a saddle. He was terrified of men. So we've been working quite well with him. And then another one we've got is um, scared of his own shadow, but he's a really brilliant horse. He'll go past an Arctic lorry. You know, he'll go past... God, that's really good. He's brilliant. (laughs) But he will then shy at a flower. So he's he's really (laughs) interesting character to work with. He is an uh, Irish warm blood. Oh, okay. So, and but he's a gorgeous big grey, and he 
it, it knows it, you know, and, <laughs> and I don't want to go in my stable today. And it's, well, you will, and you are. <laughs> <laughs> so let's work this out, shall we? And 20 minutes later, he's in there munching his hay. So they're a brilliant pair. And, and like I say, I've got my, my uh, other sister's mare coming along soon. And one day I hope to have my own again. But I know that I've got to take it slowly and and see how I get on and and don't rush. You, you don't need to rush. Yeah. And what I'm excited about is is doing it all sort sort of in Blackie's memory. And um, you know, he's gone, and I know that now. And it's just turning that horrible negative that has happened into a massive positive, and and helping other horses and other people and, and see where it goes. You're inspirational, Alex. <laughs> you are. Oh, because you've had a complete life turnaround and yep. you are doing something positive with it. And it's and it's it's really lovely for me to sit and hear you talk. Oh, because you're you. so you. passionate and I'm just racking my brains thinking, where can I find you work? <laughs> like who do I know that can just take you on? Because I think you'd be a little sponge wanting oh, to learn you. everything. Thank you. Well the, the thing is is that they they are just so amazing and they give us so much and it's just it's it they're fun to be around, they're fun to watch. Um and so if I can make them into you know horses into my career because that's what that is what I'm passionate about and and I'm and I feel like I'm good at it and so why not you know go further and see what I can do and and just hope like I say everything that Blackie's taught me I need to to put it into practice and and do well hopefully go on and go forward with it all a little birdie told me that you're raising money as well yeah (laughs) yeah yeah this well how did this happen So I'm one of those people that can't sit there and say, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea and then leave it. Mm-hmm. I kind of go with stuff and I go with it quite passionately and maybe a bit too quickly. And um, we were talking one day on, on Horse Hour, um, a bunch of us, about getting a Christmas jumper together, everybody getting the same Christmas jumper. So Equestrian Hoodies is one of the um, companies that we saw that has got a brilliant jumper that says come canter with santa ah. well that's just perfect for horses people <laughs> and um yeah a few of us were the, the, i think there's about four or five of us were talking about it um nicola i think you you've um, been introduced to and, and sarah and, Sh- and shanna and um we all just were kind of like well we should actually make this happen rather than just talk about it because we can make it into a really positive thing as in raise money with it mm. so um I got talking, got everybody's emails, got everybody talking about it. And um, basically what we've done is approached Equestrian Hoodies officially and said, what could we do? They've put a link from the um, site where they sell their Canter with Santa hoodie or jumper or, or T-shirt. And they've linked it up to the Just Giving page that I set up. Well, I, I don't really know <laughs> what I'm doing when it comes to that, but it's fun to learn. Um <laughs> So I've got a um, just giving page set up for Eggsy, who we kind of need to adopt as our uh, Twitter herd, if you like. Um, so for those pony. that don't don't know who Eggsy yeah. is, can you uh-huh. explain who? Okay, so um, Carol uh, rescued Eggsy, and Eggsy was a um, young cult that it, she just found, I believe. Um, he was not treated well at all previously to Carol, and he is just a beacon he's so cute I don't know if you've seen the photos but if you haven't go and see him go and introduce yourself to him because he's so cute he's just this little ball of fun she she makes him you know all sorts of uh, brilliant tweets and and puts together a great uh, impression of him and I really want to go meet him in person 
um he's just so cute so she's rescuing him but she she's just trying to do it all off her own back and when you talk to these people and you realize how much money it actually you know how much it costs to look after your your own horse yeah most of us do but when you think about she's got um eggsy and and she needs you know medical treatment for him and shoes and all sorts going on for him and and it costs a lot and she's doing it out of the goodness of her heart so if we can just help her a little bit it's you know it's, it's amazing to be able to contribute and and help and especially at Christmas and you know where it's going so you know you know exactly the cult that it's for you know the yeah. owner and you know that they really really need it yeah and it's we, a lovely it's, cause it's, it's also for um we've done two so we re- approached a rescue sh- shelter as well hmm. um which was the Bodmin Moorland Pony Rescues um and the team there are just brilliant they're so brilliant like this week they've been getting them all the horses in from the winter uh you know all, all the storms and and all the rain that they're having over on the west coast so um Shelley over there is, is the lady that we approached and she was really excited to get involved. And again, she gave us some idea of, of monies and, and all of that's put up on our, on our Just Giving page. So you can see how much it, it does cost. And she was doing it out of her own wages and it's just her family putting money in and their time in. And, and they're rescuing these beautiful, beautiful souls. You know, these horses are amazing. And they it's just nice to be able to help when you can't directly go down there and help yourself. Um, you know, I, I can't get over there every day and go and help and muck out. I, I would love to, but it's just a way of helping. And especially at Christmas, I think, you know, when, you, when you're out there shopping and you're doing all your bits and bobs for everybody, it's nice to you know pop a bit of money in the horse's direction and, and know that they're going to be safe and well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's your Just Giving page if we want to donate? Oh, I'm always tweeting it. So it's, um, I'll tweet it today. I'll tweet it tonight. And um, it's just, it's the Twitter herd. So it's just giving, um, dot com, and then it's uh, forward slash Twitter herd jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens then? So we go on to equestrian hoodies. So you can go on equestrian hoodies. And like I was saying, we were all wanting to get the same hoodie um, just, to, just to show we're a part of something and to be a group. And, and we're going to tweet our pictures of us in, in our equestrian hoodies and then I think they're going to do a draw of the best one as well so make your picture original um and so you can go on equestrian hoodies and you can get to the link to the just giving page uh, when you look at the come canter with santa products as well it's a lovely idea alex it's really really nice so it's just nice to be able to give back and it keeps you occupied it keeps your mind busy it keeps you <laughs> yeah. doing something yeah i would I would highly recommend working with horses because I think you'll be great at it. And I think in terms of getting another horse, Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to do that for a long time. I think when I was told I had to put Blackjack down, it's similar, but it's not because Mm -hmm. I didn't put him down. Yeah, I was was listening to your story a bit and there's some similarities. But But I went through the pain of thinking Mm -hmm. I had to. So I can mm-hmm. completely respect you and where where you were at that point. Yeah. And when I was told I could never ride him again, at the very least, mm-hmm. I then thought, well, I'm never going to get another horse. It's never going to be the same. He's my forever no. horse. You know, yeah. it's not going to work. And mm-hmm. actually, I, I ended up loaning. And mm-hmm. for me, it was... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's the best thing to do at that time because I got to bond, which was lovely, and I bonded with another horse and I had great mm-hmm. fun riding him. But I didn't get that connection that I had with the first horse. Yeah. And it's because you're still healing and it takes time for you to heal. But eventually mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. And then when you're ready, you'll then you'll know and you don't, you know, there's no time limit on this at all. It is literally when you feel ready. But that doesn't mean to say you can't have fun with horses in the meantime. Yeah, definitely. I, I have the mare, um, Candy. She, she's just a completely different horse, which is yeah. really brilliant because it's like... <laughs> a completely new challenge and she's just she well, she's a mare for a start <laughs> yeah. a typical mare. and you can't compare and that's the you, best thing because oh, you don't want to be comparing <laughs> oh alex thank you so much no thank you and thank you to everybody in horse hour you've no idea like sitting there that that night and just not knowing who to talk to or what to do and then suddenly i had this outburst of of just people who cared and i couldn't be more grateful to everybody so I'm really, really grateful. Thank you so much. But we're grateful that you were brave enough to share your story because not everybody would do that. And there are lots of people that have been through exactly the same situation as you who would not be brave enough to talk about it and would not have been open and as honest as you are. And then to see you, uh, to see you now doing this, <laughs> and you're making me emotional. Oh, don't, because... I, I have enough tears for everybody when it comes to Blackie. <laughs> well, good but, luck, my lovely. Really, really good luck. And please thank let us you. know how you get on and what you're up to. Let us know about the Christmas yeah. jumpers. I will yep. donate this evening. Thank you um, so much. So go thank to the you. Just Giving page and donate for Eggsy because he needs yeah. it. He needs a bit of help. And for the Bodmin Moorland ponies. Yeah. And we'll we need to catch up. Maybe uh, maybe at the beginning of next year, okay, around brilliant. March time, you and I can catch up, yeah. and you can let me know what you're up to and what you've decided to do. Okay. So where are you working you. and what you're doing? I'm so excited brilliant. for you. Thank you so much. You've no idea how grateful I am. So thank you. Bless you. How can we follow you on Twitter? I am Wheels Alx, I believe. All right. Well, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. 
Bye. Now on to my next guest, a lovely lady called Bernie Leedon-Bolger. Now I wanted you to meet her because she's just got the most fascinating story. Her journey to where she is now is incredible and it's one of those stories that you basically never know where you're going to end up. The problem is Bernie lives in the back end of nowhere and her signals is a little bit dodgy so please bear with us but I really, really, really want you to meet her. Hello. Hello, Amy. Sorry about all the technical difficulties. Oh, don't be silly. It's fine. What's your signal like? We, we've got a mountain at the back and we've got a major storm going on. So if I break up, it's it's a problem we have here with our internet connection because we live in the sticks. Yeah. It's kind of a little the best place in the house because you kind of wander around to see where you'll get it. And this is actually <laughs> the best, would you believe? Is it? How long have you got the storm there for? Uh, um, well, it's kind of, um, it seems to be like since last October. Oh, no. But it's kicked off this morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew we'd pay for it because the weather was so nice. And, yeah. you know, riding out in the Now it's beautiful. Oh, bless If you me. like being a duck. Yeah. Yeah, apart from that. Yeah, I mean, this is, it is a problem that we have with the internet here. And I try to explain this to people who, like, I Skype. I've got a good few friends who, yeah. like, are in Dubai. But it can't be like that. But I said, yes, it really yeah. is like that. No, it is. It's a nightmare. It's, I, I have problems. I live out in the sticks as well. And I've got now, I've got my phone. I've got my daughter's phone. I've yeah. got this. So it's a case of like <laughs> one fail that's kind of back up on either side around. Yeah. Well, we best get in as much as we can then before we lose you to the wind and the rain and the bad signal. You tweeted me because you've had a really bad livery experience where you've been at a yard and they haven't treated your horse the way that you expect them to treat them, like you would treat them. What happened, Bernie? I mean, completely. I mean, basically, if you're going for full livery, it's like sending your child to boarding school. Yes. the way I it. Or, like, you know, we do a lot of work with racehorses. So even with sending a horse into training, and, like, I'm lucky enough, yeah, we have our own place, we do our own horses. It's kind of like a semi-business here now. But I have been in the other situation where, when I was growing up, I was always riding other people's horses horses and ponies because my father was a pilot so it meant that you were never in one pace long enough to kind of you know have your horse that you weren't moving country to country place to place so when I got my own first horse all my wages went into my full livery that's why it really like it it was just such a I'm giving everything and my baby isn't getting what I thought (laughs) you know which is kind of it is it at the end of the day and like even now, like I travel a good bit around the world and I see some of the livery facilities and I go, oh, God, they're amazing. Yeah. The ones like, in Australia. Oh, never been to Australia, but I just look on those lovely, warm, beautiful, <laughs> shiny moments and go, wow. But I don't know, Amy, I've seen them in France, um, in Spain. I would have liveried in Spain because I rode FEI. So it was, there was a lot of travel involved with horses at different livery places. What do you do for FEI, Bernie? FEI, I did endurance. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh, you're so brave. Well, let me put it this way. I got into endurance because there wasn't Arab racing in Ireland. And it was very good to me, and I had a lovely time. Um, I was a flat jockey to begin with, but... That was like another lifetime. Now we're concentrating on our showing and we do race horse to riding horse and we show the Arab horses. So, yeah, I was very lucky. I traveled the world with my one, with my horse of a lifetime. Where's he now? Um, 
heaven. Now, he was he was 25, but he... Now, I mean, he had nine lives, and he used 12 of them. <laughs> but, he, you know, the, the curse of the white horse, he got cancer. And it was very difficult, and it took me a long time. And then and I went, no, it's time to say goodbye. So it was hard. But, yeah, we did then have other, like, endurance horses, but it was never really the same. Yeah. He was, like, the horse of a lifetime for that discipline kind of thing. But, yeah, so, like, some of the livery places I've seen around the world, like in Amsterdam and that, oh, my God, that was just incredible. What are they like? I wanted it was, they have a lot of, like, you know, if you think of big barns, big indoor schools, and they have, like, a riding club. So if you're working and you live in an apartment, you've got your whole facilities that you drive out to or you get your metro out to, and, you know, you've got your big bar, your, your arenas, which are all mirrored, and it was just the most lovely atmosphere, and everyone just seemed so friendly, and there was, like, all this from breeds and then you went out into this park and there were like geese flying and little lakes where you could go for a hack oh it was just it was amazing. it sounds like it an really absolute was. dream oh it was and then i have a friend who is an ex-jockey but he's not kind of allowed to ride in the track anymore and he looks after he rides a friend's horse in saja in dubai in the equestrian club there hmm. so last year i went over there with him and that was just amazing again like you know you have your coffee shop you have like your show on a friday evening and you have everyone just driving and like it was lovely to see like complete families you know you'd have mum and dad riding and then you'd have the kids riding and you know riding in the evening and oh it was just oh it was lovely really really nice there is a place similar to that that i went to in hertfordshire i lived in hertfordshire for a while and there was this beautiful indoor arena and they used to a lot of high level competitions and they had a bar and they made cooked food and it was just it was it was a real um kind of community atmosphere as well everybody got together and they had a drink together after the shows it was really lovely isn't it and it, it was just it was entirely like i mean you know you never know what's around the corner but if one day we you know we move out of the sticks and you go okay it's time to to, to, to size down it would be the kind of facility that i'd look to going to if i was a single horse kind of owner yeah ever again which i don't see happening but hey you never know <laughs> <laughs> because we've got a yard full at the moment and that kind of swings and changes because as the hard lock story comes along and we go, oh, no, we don't have room. But, oh, yes, we'll make room. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you start with I'm one horse <laughs> and you end up building, you just end up collecting loads, don't you? I mean, we've, we've had years here that we've had 19 and 20 in the winter. But when, yeah, we've got, we're, we're, we're very well behaved this winter. We've got six in and that's just fine. <laughs> what, why did your friend um, end up not riding anymore? Why wasn't he allowed to flat race? Um, because in Dubai, when you hit a certain age, um, you know, they're kind of worried about you insurance-wise for riding, even work riding. Mm. So in the case of, like, his boss said, look, I'd rather you weren't riding on the track anymore. So just to keep that he's still riding, but he rides his friend's horse out. And, so yeah. what, what happened then? Because obviously we've all seen some really beautiful places and lovely yards, but sadly you've had a really bad experience at a yard. What happened? Okay, well, basically 
I it was a little thoroughbred mare which I had bought, which was my first my own horse, and I would have been working shifts, so I would have kind of worked um, until midnight, five until midnight. So I basically needed full livery at the time. So I put the mare in and she was like, at the time that this sounds, this will tell you, it was back in the annals of time. It was like 50 pounds when we still had pounds in Ireland because we've got euros now. And it was 50 pounds a week, which was like, it would have been probably equivalent to like 200 euros now, maybe 200 sterling. So basically, I would have known the people. I knew the yard. I knew the facilities. And I said, look, and it wasn't very big. So I can't kind of say, well, it was numbers and they had staff to kind of keep an eye on everything that was going on. So basically, anyway, put the Mary in and, you know, because she was my baby, she had new everything, you know, the new boots, (laughs) the new everything. Not like now where it's kind of share everything. Everybody gets in together. But, um. Basically, anyway, I said, look, she used to be on full livery, but I just wanted to ride her because I hadn't got her long. And that way, it was both of us kind of bonding and schooling together. Mm-hmm. So it was basically, she was be fed in the morning. She was to be turned out after I rode her. And on the mornings when I wouldn't be, you know, with working shifts, I wouldn't be there at like eight o'clock in the morning. I'd arrive at different times that she would be ready, like for me to ride. So first couple of days were okay second week i come up and she hasn't been fed her rugs under her belly and they're in having coffee and i kind of go mm-hmm. so i went well maybe this is a one-off maybe there's some reason so then two days on i went in and her boots were completely like sweat mm. and walking on the boots and i'm going this is funny and i can see a sweat mark and i specifically said you know i don't want anyone riding her Okay, so then anyway, I went. This isn't. This isn't good. Like this really isn't. Well, you you get a gut feeling, and I think half of it is is we want to trust our gut feeling, but we don't because our head comes in and says, "No, no, you're just being paranoid. You're being overprotective." But I do believe you've got to. You do have to believe your guts because if something's saying that's not right, there's no reason for your mare to have her boots on. She shouldn't have sweat marks. No, Amy, your your gut is your second brain, but we don't always listen to us and like yeah I would have been a lot greener then than I'd be now so then another couple of days went on and again I come at you know different times so it wasn't like they knew I was coming at these times which was you know I could come and go whenever I wanted that was never going to be an issue but again I kind of went I think she's beginning to drop weight Mm. and then I said to my friend who I'd been in school with, you know, and I said to her, look, I said, do you know of anywhere? And she said, look, she said, I was doing a mare in a yard and she said, it's the most lovely yard and it belongs to an ex-jockey and his wife runs the livery and he's got the racing yard. Go up and have a chat with them. And Amy, I went through the gate and I went, yeah, this feels nice. Um, they straight away, like uh, the, the level of horsemanship was around was just eking out at you. And they said, look, I tell you what we'll do. What are you paying? We'll have what you're paying. And you can do a kind of a, a part livery if you like. Well, the mornings that you can't, you won't be there to feed. We'll feed. But when you're up, if you're grooming and if you're feeding, if you want to take out a few droppings, well, then we're looking at that you're only doing part livery. Perfect. That seemed really nice, and I'd have more of a, a handle on what was going. But 
I left the others with the rest of the money that I paid because I said that way there's not going to be a bitch fest about oh my god she's taken a horse and she's moved mm. or why I didn't have to go buy their horse I just said this is going to work better for me and moved in ended up riding horses for the lady in show she hurt her back I ended up taking over the yard oh no way and then we found out that the little mare was really fast so I used to go up the gallops and this progressed to the fact that like I really loved riding short and I loved the speed and it all progressed down the track that I got a jockey's license and I rode on the flat that's how the story yeah so the story brought me you could say to that point so that was my silver lining in it and like still now I would be friends like the jockey who had retired things that got difficult and he went back out to America and he took back out his license and became a jockey again and um, we've stayed friends, like, for life, you could say. Like, he's an elderly gentleman now. He was nine times champion jockey. But, um, so, yeah, that's... And you could say, well, maybe that all came out of a bad livery. I don't know. <laughs> all came out of a thoroughbred. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, that that was lucky. But I, I do see people here, and I see them giving horrendous money, and I kind of go, okay, well, I just hope that your horse is being fed properly mm. that when you're not there what's going on is what you think is going on because you and can't be obviously. there you can't be there 24 hours a day and what you're doing is you're trusting other people to look after your pride and joy and you could have one horse or you could have 10 horses whatever it is you want them to be really really well cared for and also you're a customer and so many livery yards have this attitude of uh, they have no idea about customer service. They have no idea that you're paying them to. It's like they're doing you a favor. H- however, saying that they're not all like that. And I have been to some absolutely beautiful yards. I've had full livery, part livery like you. I've had DIY living out in a field, living in a stable. I've literally done everything. And most of them have been amazing. And, and it's when... It's when the owners really care. That's when you know that you're in a really good, happy, comfortable environment. And it's got to be comfortable for you as a horse owner. And it's got to be comfortable for your horse. Oh, completely. And I don't know, have you even heard of people, I've heard some people having moved out of yards that they're in because there's been like a kind of a little bitchy clique going yes. on. And they haven't felt welcome. And I went, that's really sad. That's oh dear, I wouldn't, you know, I'd, I'd say that's a very difficult situation. Then I go, oh, bless, I've only myself to answer to, you know, and the, <laughs> oh my goodness, I'd hate that. But I, I have heard a fair amount of that going on as well. There's a lot of that around where, where I'm from. Um, there's loads and loads of, of really catty, clicky yards. And the, the sad thing is they've got amazing facilities, and it's the people that actually make a yard a really lovely place. And it's the people, rather than being competitive, I don't know what it's like in Ireland, it can be quite competitive in the in, in England. Um, and they feel there's a lot of jealousy and a lot of envy going on. It doesn't need to be like that. And I'm so lucky now, because where I am now, it started off with just four of us. And we're all very similar. We all, all think the same about how we look after our horses. And it works. And now there's 10 horses there. And each person that arrives, I remember walking into this yard. And I'm, I'm a very late horse owner. 
So I didn't get my horse blackjack until I was 28. So maybe I came at it with an adult point of view rather than a child's point of view. And um, I remember walking into this yard and feeling like I was 12 years old and I felt like I was being bullied from the day one. And as an adult, you think 40-year-old women should not be making me feel uncomfortable because of anything, because of what tack I've got or because what of what I'm wearing or because of how what I want to do with my horse. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't be treating people like that. And I remember seeing this, I remember walking down the field and one of these young girls that worked there was trying to bring in a horse. And the horse was stood in the field behind the gate. And when I tell you, I watched her smash the gate into that horse's legs to get it to move out of the mud. I couldn't stand back and watch that. And she was literally banging the gate against the horse to get it to move away from the gate so that she could open the gate to bring it out. And I went mental. Uh, Bernie, I, I, sometimes you say it's nothing to do with you. And in this case, I couldn't. I could not stand and watch that. And I said, she was 16 years old. And I said, would you treat your horse like that? And she said, no. I said, so why are you treating somebody else's like that? Because if you carry on doing that, I'm going to call the RSPCA and they're going to come and they're going to have a chat with you and you will probably lose all your credibility that you've got and your licenses and, and, and you'll never be able to work in a horse yard again because that's abuse. And she just looked at me. And then I felt bad because she was young and I'm 28. And I said, look, do you think... Oh, hey, <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I felt bad because I was talking to her about this. But then I thought, well, no, because it's wrong what she's doing. And, and she hasn't had the guidance to say that's not acceptable behavior. And I said to her, so I kind of calmed down a little bit. And I said, do you think it was okay to treat him like that? And she said, no. So I said, why do you do that? And she said, I didn't think. I've seen other people do it. I said, well, that's where you're going wrong. That's not how you treat animals. And will you do that again? And she said, no. And actually, to be fair, there were other people that have seen her since. And she has never done that again. So I kind of hope that I did something. But it made me realise, actually, not everybody's like that. They, a lot of the youngsters learn from elder people, as you know. And when they're learning bad behaviour... It's just going to be this cycle of, and I thought, I don't want my horse here. I'm not, I don't trust these people. And so I took him to another place. So as I was saying, you know, I remember walking into this yard and feeling really intimidated by, by women. It's insane. So now the yard that we're at. <laughs> I that sounds really bad, but, but yes, I, I, I oh, Okay. I don't know we should be all about the girlhood, and the, but I honestly think you're better off having some males thrown in. It just sometimes dilutes it a little bit. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now, any uh, the yard that I'm, or the, the fields that I'm at now, I make an extra effort to welcome new people and, and make them feel welcome and make them feel comfortable. And actually, after meeting so many people, I've realized that, most of us feel the same when we're going to a new yard we're nervous we're nervous that about when the horses meet each other we're nervous about what the other people are going to be like are they going to be nice are they going to be accepting are they going to judge me because I don't really know what I'm doing are they going to be helpful and actually most people feel the same so yeah but, but you know Amy I honestly think that people are afraid to say that they feel like that you, yeah. you know, a lot of people, because they think, oh, I've, I've got to put on this kind of shell of armor. 
to be as tough as who might be there. And the bullies aren't tough at all. They're just using that as like a front. But but yes, and I mean, when you've got your, your horse is, what would you say? The horses are very sensitive. So if you're not feeling good in a place, they're never going to feel good in it either. Mm, no, true. Well, I'm, I'm so pleased you've, it, your story, like you said, had a silver lining and now you've had this amazing career. Um, have you been to, because you did endurance, did you ever go over to Mongolia? Have you done that? endurance ride no no i i i have to say all the endurance i ever did was on a purebred arabian is that really bad wow no it's incredible (laughs) that's that's them yeah um i love them i mean what way would i pose it forever i've loved arabian horses but we love thoroughbreds as well but in saying that at the moment amy i must put up my hand i'm schooling a 12 hand welsh section b at the moment so (laughs) i'm getting (laughs) and you use a little devil but it did take a while to get used to the stride Mm-hmm. That was the whole little tiny stride, you know, <laughs> rather than something that's kind of extending. But yeah, no, it was it was all Arabs that I rode in endurance. The best had to be Amy, that my horse of a lifetime, Jacka. That I was lucky enough, I flew on a plane with him to Jerez in Spain, but we flew him out to Dubai as well because we were leading FEI of the year. Sheikh Mohammed paid to bring me and the horse and four of my crew out to Dubai. And I stayed in Dubai for six weeks, and it was during the Gulf War. <laughs> okay, right place. And the most amazing thing was to be out in a sandstorm and ride him, my horse I'd had since like a yearling, in a sandstorm. And there were like camels. And that was just, that was incredible. Really, completely amazing. Oh, it's, it's crazy, Bernie. It's amazing. <laughs> And um, one of my favourite experiences was going to Australia and it was the first time that I ever swam with horses. Oh, lovely. Have you done that? Have you been out into the sea? No, because I don't swim too good. Well, neither I, do I, 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 but you've got to stay on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mine are spooky devil so I could end up in wild <laughs> I remember um they, they took us on this beautiful hack through the bush and then we went to a place and it was called Horseshoe Cove and I had this like I like to call it an Indian horse because it was speckled and it was beautifully white I mean so clean beautifully white with brown speckles absolutely gorgeous and um we literally galloped down this beach literally just, they just went for it and then at the end they said that guide said right you can take your clothes off now and you should have have your swimwear underneath so we took the saddles off we had our swimwear on and we literally rode the, these horses out into the water and it feels like even now the only thing that I can say that it's like it reminds me of is the Loch Ness Monster because these horses go literally go up and down in a really slow motion yeah. and they naturally swim it's just the most amazing experience like you with being in the sandstorm it was just incredible <laughs> and I have this thing Amy now we have a black horse here at the moment but you remember the film the black stallion when the little lad swims in the water with the horse yes yes it's my ultimate horse like film and when the camera's coming up underneath him and you just see the legs in the water oh it's, it's brilliant well a friend of mine actually has owned that horse and trained it for, for the film black stallion 
Uh, oh, okay, okay, here he's, we go. He's called Rex Peterson, and he also owns, he lives over in America, and he also owns Black Beauty. Oh, wow. So you tell me your guy is, you've got a black, a black he's called, so I take it he is black, your horse? Oh, my horse is called Blackjack. Yes, he's he's black. He's a Frisian cross Gelderlander. Ah, oh, lovely, because last year I was at the Salon du Cheval, and I was meant to be there this year. Long story short, it was my sister's birthday. We were to be there for the World Arabian Horse Championships. But with everything that kicked off, Amy, we came to a group decision that, you know, this year wasn't the year. Not only the fact that, like, there was the safety element, but we just went, it didn't feel right to be kind of having a great time with everything that had been gone on. Yeah. That was just for But last year, I looked at, they crossed a lot of Frisians in France with Arab horses. Oh, so they really? call it. And they're very, they're very not really, really nice. But yeah, I have a big thing for Frisians. And this is the first time in forever we've got like a black horse in the yard. <laughs> so I must send you a picture of him. Oh, do, yes. Yeah, he's called, well, Mo is his short name, but his, his official name is The Alchemist. And he came with that name. I love the book. But no, he actually did come with that name. So, yeah. So I'm having a whole thing about, you know, the grooming of a black horse. And I was going, stop raising this dust. What's with it? So I got this thing. It's actually for cleaning a wooden floor. And it's like a kind of a fluffy pad. And it removes all the dust that brushing doesn't. Brilliant. Oh, amazing. What Can you send me a photo of that as well, please? And I'll put that on Twitter. Really, really good. The only thing I'm raging, they were reduced. And they don't have back in stock, so I'm going to have to try and source them somewhere else because it's showing and everything. Because this now, we've got two greys in the yard, but they're dawns, they're my daughters. And it's the first time ever that I actually don't have a grey horse in forever. So I'm chestnut bay and black here at the moment. So this extra, because you know, on a grey, you don't really kind of see the dust as much as you do on a darker colour. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't. And they yeah. do, black horses, t- I mean, greys tend to hold mud. You can clearly see the mud, but black horses tend to hold a lot of it under their fur. And they, they it's literally, it's almost like you've got to exfoliate it to get it out. You never get it out properly. No, and you think you've done everything, and then you see this stripe on the hind quarter. I found baby wipes are amazing. Oh, thank you, Amy. Thank you very much. <laughs> I will be starting up when I go out tomorrow. The good big ones, the ones for larger babies' backsides. You know, when they get bigger. <laughs> oh, Bernie, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. I could spend hours with you. Yeah. Yeah, and I tell you, actually, Amy, I'll give you, this will give you a laugh. There are people around me who don't have electricity. Really? They run off a battery out of the tractor. That'll just tell you. It's, <laughs> it's weird. It's really, really weird. Oh, Bunny, thank you so much. And thanks for your daughter for lending us her Skype as well. Great, because don't ask me, uh, my, my my device, I think I have it blocked with that many images of horses or blocked <laughs> with something. <laughs> the worst thing. Oh, bless you. Oh, Bernie, how can we follow you on Twitter? I'm Bernie Leiden-Bolger and it's, I'll come up as my name and then I come up under Desert Dove 7. At Desert Dove 7. Yeah, and it comes up under my name. You'll see there's a picture of me standing looking silly under horse racing trophies with Jake Ahmed at the back of me. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a name drop, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks so much, Bernie. See you soon. All the best. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget you can share your stories, talk about your charity, your business or your event with us on Twitter. Just hashtag horse hour. It's every Monday between 8 and 9 p.m. UK time. You can also follow us at horse hour or you can follow me at Amy Stevenson one. I'll speak to you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.